What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second week here of CM Life's news podcast, Past Deadlines, where we discuss the biggest stories of the week, interview sources, members of the staff, and keep our audience up to date on what's going on at CMU and Central Michigan Life. This week, we're going to focus on our latest story, Raising the Bar, where we interviewed and took pictures of Andrew Wawersick, a student here at CMU that also is a power lifter. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Andy Loveland. I'm the host here at Past Deadlines. With me in the podcast room today is Drew Travis, the photographer for our latest cover story, Raising the Bar. Drew, how is everything going for you today? Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> as busy as always, it's the life of photojournalist, but... I'm happy to be here. Is this the first time you've had a Central Michigan Life cover story? Uh, this is my first cover, yeah. Okay. So, real quick, just to, uh, I guess, get rid of some of the confusion, I'm Andy, I'm the host, that's Drew, he's the photographer, and the subject of the story is Andrew. That's how we're going to refer to everyone for throughout this podcast. <laughs> so, just try and keep up with it. Um, so, how did you find the story in the first place? Um, so, I knew the guy... Uh, we went to high school, the same high school. So, I mean, obviously, Shepherds, it's a small place. You know everyone. But, I mean, you sort of drift apart after, after high school. People do. Um, I was lifting at Maury Courts, and uh, I saw him there with about 300 pounds more than I had on. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, this is a story. Yeah. I, how did you go about approaching that when you just see someone? You know, I would assume he was probably deadlifting or something. Um, well, sort of, uh, stared in awe for a few minutes. Um, and then when he realized that my mouth was still agape, he, uh, he, he approached me first, actually. Um, we talked a bit, but yeah, that, that's about it. So it's probably not every day when he's lifting that he just gets somebody staring at him <laughs> from um, across the gym? Well, no, not necessarily, but I mean... Having uh, having you know known him, and then like in high school he wasn't he wasn't a big kid at all. So just the the transformation it was almost unbelievable. He's still not big. But yeah, I was gonna say when I when I first met him to do like some of the interview for the story, I I didn't expect him to be almost like my size when wearing a winter jacket. Yeah, like. I'm like looking at him and I'm like, the difference between the two of us is probably 400 pounds on a deadlift, but still you wouldn't know it if we were like walking to class together. And I think that was what's surprising. But then obviously you like look through the photos of him lifting. You're like, nope, my muscles have never looked like that when when I'm lifting anything. Oh yeah. It's incredible. So, um, so you met with him and then you actually got to go with him to a competition. What was that like? And I mean, how long of a day was that? So uh, the competition was in Sterling Heights. Um, I woke up at four in the morning and uh, drove to his parents' house. And we left from there around 4.30 a.m., uh, got to the competition around seven. He checked in. And then, uh, so long story short, I got home at 9.30 p.m., uh, so yeah, it was a while. It's actually kind of funny you say that because when I was d- interviewing him and talking to him, you know, I'm asking him like, oh, about how long are these meets? You want to walk me through a day in the meet? And he's, you know, kind of just like, oh, nonchalantly, like 
a few hours doesn't feel that bad. And then I'm kind of looking through some of the notes and talk to you about it. And you're like, no, it was a full 16 hour day. And I'm yeah. like, all right. So the process of doing maybe these three times a year is a lot different than just attending one. But so there's about 40 power lifters. I mean, how often were you just standing there with him, with Andrew? Um, so there, there's seats in front of like the, the, the stage, um, his, his family sat there and I would, I didn't want to, you know, get into his head too much. So I would, I would sit and chat with them. But when he was psyching himself up, I would grab my camera and, uh, sneak over there real quick, get, grab some shots before he could, before he could see me and then, uh, make my way back to the, the, the stage. But so he's got two records for deadlift in his weight class. That's pretty impressive for someone who's, you know, 163 pounds is his class. And, you know, he's his PR is 556. But to hold two records, as you said, you you knew him. Did you expect that? And were other lifters, I mean, even close to what he was doing when you were at that meet? Um, other lifters in his weight class? Yeah. No. Uh, there, was, uh, there were a couple guys there who they were about... I want to say like 50 pounds shy of his deadlift, but his, his initial lift, which usually you you uh, break out at 90% of what you think you can do, his initial lift was more than most of their hundreds, which was wow. nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be pretty disheartening as a competitor when you go in there and you see a guy starting at above where you think you're going to try and get and I mean, when you're talking about lifting hundreds of pounds, you don't necessarily want to like try and stress past what you think because that's how you can, you know, eventually get injuries. But and I mean, he talked about he's torn his meniscus. You know, he's had mm-hmm. knee injuries. He, you know, he's had shoulder problems and stuff from these competitions. So it's it's a strain. But did he set any of the records while you were there, or was it just a pretty much working day for him? Yeah, he set uh, his deadlift record and the single lift deadlift record while I was there um, with his second lift. And then his third lift, he tried to break it again. And he, he almost had it. But yeah, it was, it was a rather surreal moment just being able to experience that with him and his family. I mean, what was that like? What was their reaction when, I mean, he broke it the, with the second lift? Well, his, his parents are uh, they're rather conservative, but I mean... Even still, they were, they were sort of pumped. Uh, his girlfriend was going nuts, but that's, <laughs> that's another story in and of itself. Yeah, so, I mean, let, get into some of that family stuff. I mean, I talked to him, his faith, his family. I mean, his family goes to every one of his events, so it's obviously he still lives at home. It's an important piece of that. I mean, what was that like for you, and how much did you feel like that played a part in his ability to do this? Um, so he, he said that, his family has traveled to every single one of his meets. Uh, that's pretty impressive. I, I played baseball, and uh, I don't know that my parents showed up to more than, like, maybe two games. Um, so just being able to have that backing you all the time, uh, the, the faith that they have in each other and in God, um, I'm— I probably I can't even put it into words, but I'm sure he he probably have a better handle on it. It's- yeah, I mean for sure. Like as I was talking to him and you know about it, that was clear that that was something that you know was important to him. I mean he wears the necklace every time he lifts, and he said like 
you know, even if he is getting nervous or, you know, amped, over amped about a lift, you know, that usually calms him down and kind of recenters him so he can focus on the task at hand. But yeah, I can't imagine like as a family member, you know, traveling, you know, getting up at 430 to not even compete, but to watch somebody compete. And, you know, there's, there's 40 people total. So, you know, most of the time he's not even lifting, he's getting ready to lift. So that would be a long day, Mm. but to make that trip every single time, it's, I mean, hats off to them. And it's a big reason why, you know, when I talk to him, like he, he enjoys being in the mid Michigan area and he's, doesn't think he ever really wants to leave it if he if he can avoid that and you know find jobs around here. So, um, but yeah, so being close to home, I for him seemed to be important. I mean, did you get that feeling from him? Oh yeah, he uh, so he wants to be a PE teacher at Shepherd. Imagine just. Mater. I mean, quick to interrupt you. Sorry about no, that, you're but you're you're a 16 year old kid in high school, and in walks your PE teacher, just deadlifting probably by that point like 590 pounds, and he's like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do today." <laughs> yeah, um, actually, his PR is already 585, so okay. 590 is not yeah, far it's off. not that far. If I saw my PE teacher doing that, and then said, "Hey, it's your turn," as, as a 16 year old, <laughs> um. Yeah, I I probably should have worn my brown pants. <laughs> it, it would definitely be intimidating, absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, most PE teachers, you know, they're athletic, but yeah, they're not they're not setting state records for for P, you know for multiple lifts. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was something that you know when I talked to him. He he said, "I want to do this for at least ten years, and then we'll see." But preferably as long as I possibly can until I can't anymore. And I thought like. Wow, I can't imagine, like, you know, right now in college, your certain structure, you can find some free time to kind of get in. But I can't imagine, like, getting into the workforce, being a teacher, having those long days, but still finding a couple hours, you know, three or four times a week to get to get massive lifts in and get some of that work. But actually diving deep into the story, well, you did all the pictures. The pictures really do the story justice. That's how I, fe- I think it's best told. And if you haven't picked up a copy of that article yet check newsstands around the campus they should have it um but what are some of your p- favorite pictures from the story that you took well i guess hands down my favorite one would be of him breaking the deadlift record the veins in his neck are just bulging um he's you know letting out a war cry yeah, it was, was say that's the one where he's like screaming oh man that was that was intense to photograph let alone to to see again in in the article yeah, and that was one where, like, originally we were going to crop it in a little bit and get just mostly the screaming, but then you were kind of like, we've got to see the weight on there so you can actually, f- you know, firmly see and kind of grasp in your mind, like, this dude's screaming like that because, mm. he, I mean, he essentially has, like, you know, two people on each end of that freaking, you know, bar. And it's, yeah, that's a, that's one of my, I think if I had to pick one, one of my favorites, I mean, the cover picture is a it's cool it's really cool for the cover but i don't think it shows like the raw emotion of what he's actually training for as well as the the deadlift one and oh, yeah. i you know it's awesome that he's actually setting the the record in that yeah and um, if you look close at the bar you can see that it's actually near the ends it's bending i didn't take that with a wide angle lens that's that's real that the bar's bending it's not distortion wow that's an insane amount of weight cuz th- that's a competition bar yeah Oh, it's nuts. That's that's actually insane. Yeah, as you're as you're talking about that, yeah, looking close, you can see 
some definitely some bend in there and it's like I've never put enough weight on anything to to recognize a bend let alone <laughs> I mean occasionally I'll put too much lasagna on a paper plate but <laughs> that's about it that okay I can understand that um I and then my second favorite photo has got to be the one of him with his family and they're, they're gathered around the table eating um I felt so awkward taking that picture and that's probably why it's up there in the top two because just the the memory of being like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to take this picture now. Um, I don't know. It was awkward for everyone involved, but I'm, I'm glad I got it out of the way. Yeah, was there some nerves from, like, them, you know, his family and him as he you're taking the picture? Like, what do you want us to do, I guess is the classic <laughs> phrase. Um, well, they, yeah, a couple times they said, do you want us to do anything? And no, as a photojournalist, no, I don't want you to do anything, but just... Uh, just act natural. Uh, pretend I'm not here, I guess, was the, the phrase yeah. I used, but it's hard, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, how often have you had someone come take pictures of you while you're eating dinner, but <laughs> did you at least get to eat dinner afterwards? Uh, no, I ran. <laughs> I ran you're like, I took the picture. That was awkward enough. We've had our interaction for the day. Was that at the end of the day, or was that a day after he was training? Um, that was uh, a day after I followed him training, and then... Uh, um, I went home real quick, changed my, my lenses, and then uh, went back to his house once he got, he got changed and ready and whatever. Took it, I, it only took like three minutes, I think, for the, that shoot because mm. I took maybe 10 frames. Yeah, just to, just to try get to out get of there quick. Basic stuff and get out. Uh, another picture that, I mean, compared to some of the other ones, it's kind of mundane, but it's when he's carrying the box for you know, his work and you know, printing services and stuff. And it's kind of funny because you're like, all these other pictures. He's we got this massive weight on the bar, and he, he's just st- struggling. And then there's just this picture of him just carrying probably a twenty pound <laughs> box, walking around, and it's it's just funny how like opposite it is of everything else he's doing. Yeah, I followed him around campus that day, and uh, that was probably the heaviest thing he carried, and it, it just seemed uh, unbelievably ironic. There's also just like the one old guy in the back, just. just chopping away at work oh yeah doing what he's gonna do but so the story's great like i said check it out if you haven't already it's in our latest edition of central michigan life uh we're gonna put up an online version of story with plenty of pictures so there there's that too just to get a couple more were there any of your favorites that didn't make the the actual print article um well so we shot uh for the cover it was like a studio shot picture um, he was clapping. It was some Le- LeBron James uh, chalk oh, action yeah, yeah. going on. It was pretty sweet, but I agree wholeheartedly with the, the the final decision on the cover. Yeah, when I first saw that, I I liked it, and then I came in, you know, just a couple hours later, and suddenly it was a different cover. And I'm like, I'm glad we switched. But had I not known that this was a cover option, I think I would have thoroughly enjoyed the, as you said, the. You know, he had the chalk in his hands ready to go oh, yeah. with the smoke cloud. But so that's that's your first cover story, as you said. But take us through a little bit of your journey here at Central Michigan Life. How long have you been here and what positions within CM Life have you held? So I was a, a transfer uh, last semester was my first semester. And my okay. so my very first assignment, actually, I was just walking around campus. I had no idea what to do, really. They just said, go find a picture of the day. And I was like, well what the hell's a picture of the day? <laughs> um, so I took a picture of some people with signs and I sent it in. I don't even know, I don't even know what, what it was about. Um, 
But long story short, that was my first assignment, and they loved it. So <laughs> I guess so. Uh, you just caught on ever since. I mean, sure, we'll say that. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely say if my first assignment was find a blank of the day, like photo of the day, article of the day, clip of the day, I would have just gone home. <laughs> just find anything of the day would have just, I don't know what I'm looking for. I mean, I'm also not a photojournalist, so Fair. that's probably more your territory. Not How many photo of the days have you done since? Oh, gosh. Too um, many to count? Yeah. yeah. 30 plus. <laughs> do you do you more now understand the assignment? You'd hope, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say I do. Um, and I guess on top of that, this would definitely have to be my favorite assignment. Yeah, yeah. Just because, I mean, you put so much effort into something, you kind of have to love it. Right. I mean, and I can't even stress enough. It's like I wrote the article, but 600 words can only do so much justice for like what he's actually doing and you know I can describe it the best I can but that deadlift photo still if there's one photo you're going to look at and just sum up everything about what this is it's that photo and I think that's why the story is just told so much better through pictures rather than words and it's it's one of I think my favorite cover stories we've done but it's really it's really been fun do you have a favorite photo of the day that you can remember um you know, not really. They all kind of blur together they, after they all 30 just, plus. Yeah, they just blur together, man. Uh, probably one of my favorite ones is um, Isaac, photo editor, sent me on a, a little scavenger hunt looking for um, some, some mural the other day. Um, and I ended up finding it, but um, it was just like way back like in, in the corner. <laughs> no one even knew where it was on campus. I yeah. asked a couple people. Um, but I don't know. Scavenger hunts around around campus are kind of fun, I guess, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> are you ever building up to take sports pictures? I've taken sports pictures. Uh, I have done the last three or four men's games. Okay. Uh, Do you enjoy it? I yeah, I really enjoy uh, sports photography. I played basketball in high school okay. a little bit, as as you as uh, you well know. Um, I played baseball. I love baseball. Uh, I'll do I'll do those pictures all day long, but honestly, um, sports is not my favorite. Yeah, even even still. Yeah, I mean, I know like Isaac really enjoys taking you know photos for you know making those pictures for the sporting events, but you're more like a this type of thing and more news oriented. Do you think that's more fun personally? Um, see, I wouldn't even say news oriented. Um, I I love photo stories and uh, the the social mm. story. But um, stories that involve wildlife or the outdoors—that's okay. what I'm big into. I, I love—I love nature. I could—I um, could spend hours outside taking pictures, and I do. So, so obviously, like you listed, you know, sports, some of that outdoor stuff. So, what are your interests and hobbies? If what are you like outside of the newsroom? I suppose. Oh boy, that's a loaded question. Yeah, you're gonna have to describe yourself. <laughs> we're Dang we're it. asking the hard hitting questions. Uh, well, okay, so. I'm a writer. I uh, actually a poet. I write poetry, oh, wow. so that, that's interesting, I guess. Um, I play basketball every now and then, but I, I coach basketball and baseball at Shepherd for okay. uh, middle school. Okay. So, I mean, still some connection to sports there. Yeah. Uh, I go outside and shoot wildlife a lot, um, and I mean, other than that, 
really nothing springs to mind. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you're a photojournalism major, I take it. Um, what do you want to do with that photojournalism major once you graduate? Oh, I would love to uh, do something involved with uh, the conservation of natural resources, wildlife, and landscapes. Um, okay. Be that with Nat Geo or freelance right. or who or whoever. Um, that would that would definitely be a dream come true. I mean, I would say I think that's always been a part of. I mean, Nat Geo's been around for it feels like forever. But even now, as we move towards like you know, people are more aware of climate change and things like that. That mm. area of photojournalism specifically is gr- it feels like it's growing because words can only do so much. Whereas like if someone sees a picture of the way wildfires are affecting an area, people are suddenly like really intrigued by it. And so, yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, like you said, you've mentioned you really. I mean, you'll spend hours outside. You said just taking pictures. Yeah, I. <laughs> so I've got a crazy story. Um, last Saturday, I was out walking through. It was sort of marshy. Uh, I was up to my knees almost in ice water, uh, and I just had jeans on because I'm a fool. But anywho, fair enough. I decided the water was enough, so I was trying to hop from like high ground to high ground. Yeah. Uh, and I jumped to this little mound of dirt, and then I looked down right beside me, and there's a hole in the ground, like a burrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear some clawing in the burrow, sort of getting loud. So I uh, I realized sort of quickly what was happening. I, sp- I took off, man. I, I was gone. Yeah. Uh, but I looked back through my lens. It was a freaking badger den. Okay. <laughs> I was standing on top of a badger den. Uh, so, yeah. You didn't want to... Um put your lens down there and take a picture? No, I didn't want to get my face ripped off, but I mean, I commend you. I <laughs> I would have booked I would have booked it right after I got to like ankle high in the ice cold water, but <laughs> you make a fair point. Teach their own. Do you, have you shot like I mean either for us at CM Life or personally like a favorite like nature shot that you've got so far? Um, yeah, I was hiking the Appalachian Trail actually in uh through the Smoky Mountains just yeah. for a, a day or so. Um and so it had just rained. It was like mid-morning, 9.30-ish. So the sun was just uh, getting almost to peak height. And, um, you know, it just rained. It was, it was steamy. It was uh, just a really serene shot. Um, I really don't know how to describe it. It, it almost yeah. looks sort of like fantasy-ish. Well, it's, I mean, the Smoky Mountains are the Smoky Mountains for a reason. And if you've ever been there, like... It it is really interesting. Like there always is like that dense like fog and kind of thing, and it it always does look p- very picturesque, Fantasyland esque. Oh yeah. Um, cause have you ever hiked? How much of the Appalachian Trail have you hiked? Um, I mean, just only small a, portions of it. Yeah, only a few miles here and there. But uh, in the Smokies, I've hiked. Uh, I've hiked Mount Leconte, uh Chimney Tops. I walked up Clingman's Dome. Okay. There, a, a solid five or six mountains, and uh, two of which in one day. <laughs> it was, oh wow, that was a mess. But anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough day when you're doing more than one. I mean, I went out there one year for a spring break, and um, you know, I didn't I didn't have the map, and the other guy had the map, and there was four of us, and <laughs> it was very clear after a while that we were not headed in the right direction, <laughs> and so we ended up at just a, a campsite albeit not the one that we were supposed to be at. Oh boy. It, ne- it never actually caused any issues except for the fact that we were just, you know, two or three miles behind where we were supposed to be <laughs> for the hike. And 
it ended up just being one of those things where you wake up in the morning and you're instantly just on like three or four miles of just always incline and you're like, oh, why <laughs> am I doing this again? Like, what's the point of being out here? But then you like get to a spot and you're like, oh, okay. Like this the smoke, the, yep. yeah, like the picturesque. And if I was capable of taking high quality photos as you are, <laughs> then maybe I would have appreciated more if I had a, a camera with me. Do you always hike with a camera? Uh, always. My camera bag's really freaking heavy, but uh, yeah, I always hike with my camera. What do you sacrifice for the camera? Um, like what what doesn't make the bag? Oh boy. Uh, honestly, most of the time, bear spray. Um, cause you can't get that on any of your lenses or your equipment. If that gets on your sensor, it's done. Um, so I just carry usually, uh, a journal, uh, a pen and all my camera equipment. And <laughs> that's a solid 30 pounds. Yeah. Bear spray is interesting in general, but that's a, that's a whole nother discussion. Another debate. <laughs> so what does photo, photojournalism mean to you? Like, what is it and what is it about that drew you to photojournalism? Um, so I, I was always just obsessed with photography as a kid. I loved taking pictures, uh, how, how the world changes through, through the viewfinder and the lens as opposed to how we see it naturally. Um, so capturing that as truthfully as I can, as honest as I can, and uh, showing people what I see and how I see it, um, that's just always sort of been an aspiration. Yeah. Um, so photojournalism to me is truth and uh i guess essentially power through images are there any photojournalists or i guess images that like really drew you to it or are favorites for you in like your mind and inspire you frequently um when i was younger uh john mccormick he's a michigan-based uh, landscape photographer okay i always wanted to to take pictures like him um and then you know as i grew older uh, high school age, I started to realize like, hey, there's a, you can do more than just landscape. You can get people yeah. to realize like wildlife or, or you know, suffering from w whatever. And uh, right. So I, I don't really have a specific photographer for that stage, but yeah. Is your goal to be able to travel around and go see some of those places and take pictures of some of the things that are affecting, you know, the world? Like, you know, right now it's like, you could travel to Australia and be somebody that's taking those pictures. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a, a watershed in Alaska. It's like the last great salmon run, pretty much. Okay. Um, uh, the river is in danger of, uh, I believe it's a diamond mining company. It just bought rights to it or is in the process of buying rights to the mouth of the river. Um, so obviously that's going to just destroy the ecosystem there. Yeah. So if I had my degree right now, that's that's probably where that's, I'd be. That's the first place you'd go. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got today for this episode. Like I said, check out our latest issue of Central Michigan Life. Check out what we're doing online at cm-life.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all over social media. We'll keep doing these past deadlines. Let us know what you think and what stories you want to see and who you want to see from our newsroom brought into these podcasts. Thanks for listening.